This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mad Splainers. I'm Abby Becker, and I cover city and county government for the Capital Times. And I'm Natalie Yar, a reporter and podcast producer for the Cap Times. We're so glad you're tuning in. Um, this is Mad Splainers 2.0, a little revamped, Woo! a little different, but still covering all your explanatory needs. For those who have listened before, Mad Splainers really got into the um, nitty gritty, into the weeds of local government and you know municipal and civic issues in Madison. We're still going to be doing some of that, but we are expanding our scope to um, the other beats that the Cap Times news reporters cover. Anything you might have questions about. Basically, yes. So if you have questions, you should let us know because we are here to answer them. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about some big news that happened last week. Um, It's about the new superintendent for the Madison School District. I will always be every single student's strongest advocate, every single student's champion um, every day uh, until I'm no longer an educator. So with Natalie and me today, we have Scott Gerard, who will be filling us in. Hello. I'm excited to be a part of Mad Splainers 2.0. So, Scott, tell us, who did the school board pick? So the school board announced on Friday they had selected Dr. Matthew Gutierrez to be the next superintendent of the Madison Metropolitan School District. So Gutierrez grew up in Texas. He spent his whole career in Texas. Uh, He talked about his upbringing uh, in a little bit of poverty and some of the obstacles he faced as he grew up there and what he had to overcome and how that inspired his future career in education. So I know what it's like for students who have challenges at home. I know what it's like to not have food in a refrigerator. Uh, He talked a lot about how the community around him came together to educate him and help him overcome those barriers. So he spent his career, he began as an English language arts teacher in middle school. He uh, has been an assistant principal at the middle school level, a principal at the elementary school level. He became a director of human resources. He served uh, at a couple points as an interim uh, superintendent, a deputy superintendent. And for the last two years, he's currently in his third year as the superintendent of the Seguin Independent School District in Texas, about 7,500 students, a little less. And uh, so he's been there in his third year, and he said he's ready to leave Texas, uh, not just for any job, but he said he specifically really was attracted to Madison as a community uh, and the school district, given its uh, focus on things like black excellence, academic achievement for all students. And how does Gutierrez... Uh, profile fit with previous superintendents? So he's relatively young, uh, 39 years old, and uh, he will also be the first superintendent of color in the history of the district. Uh, That was something school board president Gloria Reyes mentioned during the news conference on Friday and uh, after the announcement was made public, uh, how important that is uh, and how much the district and school board believe representation matters and uh, the ability for students, you know, of all colors to see someone of color in that role and knowing, uh, you know, what there is possible for their future. And all of the finalists, the three finalists were people of color? That's correct. That's correct. The other two were both African-American. 
Important follow-up. Does he have a winter coat? Can he handle the Wisconsin winters? (laughs) I did ask him that, actually, at his press conference after his visit. He said he had a coat. He had to dig it out of his closet, though. He hadn't used it in a couple years. So, But he he called the mid-20-degree day chilly, thanked everyone for coming out on a chilly day. So I think he will have to recalibrate a little bit when he gets up here. (laughs) Definitely. So... I cover local government, and I am not even sure what a superintendent does. I know they're in charge of things and they're important, but break that down. What does this role do? What does it mean for the school district? Yeah, it's a great question. I cover schools, and I think it still can be a mystery and can vary from superintendent to superintendent. You know, a lot depends on their leadership style. But uh, in talking to a couple of former superintendents, uh, Art Rainwater and Dan Nierad, who were both here actually during my own schooling career in Madison, um, they kind of really covered a a few different things. And a lot of the job is coalition building, uh, both within the community and within the staff. And a huge part of that is building trust. And I think that's going to be a key for Gutierrez as he fits into this role as building trust with the community. Uh, Both Dan and Art uh, spoke of the challenges of there really being different sides to what a superintendent oversees. So there's the business side of a school district, huge budget, a lot of money flowing in and out of that district, uh, contracts, paying staff, things like that. So understanding the business side, uh, you know, both of them mentioned uh, quote unquote CEO of an organization because there is that business side. However, they both really wanted to stress that you can't only be seen as a CEO of an organization because ultimately the goal of this is educating now 27,000 students, you know, and and the future of our society. And so understanding both of those kind of uh, sides of the job can be a great challenge. And so one of the keys that they expressed to me is knowing what questions to ask, you know, hiring the right staff so that you can trust that the work is being done well and knowing what questions to ask those staff staff members. You can't necessarily be an expert on all of it yourself, so you have to know the people around you and and how to have those conversations. So a lot of what a superintendent does is meeting with their deputy superintendents, meeting with some of the administrative leaders uh, to kind of get feedback on how things are going. Another important thing is uh, being out in the community, talking to community groups, uh, building the reputation of the district, you know, schools and the community around them really work in in concert with each other. And so having that trust and that uh, comfort with community leaders is really important, uh, they both told me. And so, you know, it's it's a long day often. Uh, and then it's dealing with emergencies, you know, and they are often the person who answers for anything that happens in the district that gains a lot of attention. So uh, Rainwater talked to me a bit about how you have to, in that position, take responsibility when bad things happen, but not take credit when good things happen. You have to let credit be taken by the people who are kind of on the ground or doing the the direct work. But when there's blame, you have to be willing to kind of take that on for the employees. Uh, And, you know, he pointed out now there's going to be also times where I have to talk to that employee privately. But ultimately, you know, you are responsible for what happens in the district. And so, It can vary day to day, but a lot of it is meeting with your staff, meeting with community groups, and then responding to whatever happens. So are superintendents in schools a lot, or are they more removed? That depends on the superintendent, I think. You know, one of the things that Gutierrez spoke a lot about was wanting to visit schools. Uh, Actually, here's an answer from his forum visit. For all of us who are in education, 
it's 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 a it's a challenging job, and in in on those days when I'm I'm dealing with a controversy and it's stressful, I just stop what I'm doing and I can go into an elementary lunchroom or go into a classroom, and and I'm reminded immediately of my why and of my purpose, and all is good in the world. So uh, it can really vary. Both Dan Neerad and Art Rainwater said they learned over time the importance of being in the schools and, uh, you know, seeing what's happening on the ground and how that can build trust uh, with the staff that are in the schools, but also just help them understand what the policies and practices they're putting in place at the district level look like in the classroom. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison-based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit exactsciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. So let's rewind a little bit. Why are we even picking a new superintendent? Yeah, so uh, Jen Cheatham, who was here for six years, uh, announced last May she was resigning. She left in August to go to Harvard uh, to teach in educational uh, leadership. And uh, so this school year... Jane Belmore has served as interim superintendent, something she also did before uh, Jen Cheatham came on, actually. So this is second time for Jane Belmore in that role. But she was never going to take on the job permanently. Uh, And so the school board set out a timeline given when uh, Jen's announcement came last May. That's pretty late to start a search process of any type. I mean, as you can see by them announcing this in January, uh, by that point, most of the best candidates have probably gotten other jobs if they're willing to leave their district at that time. So they decided to hire an interim and conduct the search process throughout this year. What was the search process like? So they started with uh, some community input and hiring a consultant. So BWP and Associates was hired as the consultant to help guide the district and get what the uh, school board saw as a national response, right? They wanted the best candidates from all around. And we got candidates from Texas, Georgia, and New York, so they were far flung. So BWP and Associates helped uh, set up a survey for the community, had some input sessions that community members could attend to talk about what they wanted to see in a new superintendent. And through that, they developed what they called a leadership profile, highlighted basically the things that the community said they wanted. So things like uh, a student-centered hire, uh, someone who had experience with diverse populations, and someone who had a background as an educator. There were, I think, nine or ten qualities listed on there. Uh, And so there were ended up being 31 applicants for the position uh, that uh, closed around Thanksgiving weekend. Is that a, a lot? Do we know? I mean, it's is there about half of the number who applied six years ago when uh, Jen Cheatham was hired? So, Do you know if there's a reason for that? Uh, no, it, it, I, I think there's a lot of potential reasons and various reasons that are hard to get into, or <laughs> you know, there, there's a variety of factors that could explain that number. But so, from those 31 applicants, BWP helped narrow it down to uh, a group of, I think, seven semifinalists. Uh, I might be wrong on that number, but I think it was seven, who the board did preliminary interviews with in December. They, from that group, narrowed it down to three finalists, and then those three finalists were brought in for their day in the district uh, where they were 
visiting schools, talking to community groups, interviewing with the school board, interviewing with a uh, people of color group, um, and then had a public forum to end their day. So those were three days in a row. So it was a pretty busy week for the school board here. Uh, And we don't know the identity of anyone beyond the three finalists. Uh, Public records only require that the names of finalists be released. And so we, we don't really know the makeup of the applicant pool beyond these three finalists. And what do we know about why the board chose Gutierrez over the other candidates? So a lot of it uh, focused on how he fit with that leadership profile. So uh, Gloria Reyes, the school board president, during her press conference, called it uh, an incredibly difficult choice among the three candidates, but said that he fit the best with the leadership profile. Uh, She specifically cited his focus and record of putting students first and looking for student voice. It was one of the things he talked about during the public forum. I will always be every single student's strongest advocate, every single student's champion um, every day uh, until I'm no longer an educator. He talked uh, a lot about also hearing from students on big issues like school resource officers. So a question that was given to all the candidates was, what are your views on school resource officers? Certainly a hot-button topic in Madison education lately. And his answer was mostly based on what he had heard from the students he talked to that day. So I think that was an example of kind of the student voice focus that Reyes uh, highlighted in why they hired him. She also mentioned his own background growing up in poverty. Uh, you know, the, the socioeconomic status of a lot of students in Madison is a free and reduced lunch and uh, families in need of, of assistance. And so I think his background as someone who navigated that system uh, was something desirable for them. What were some of the more interesting questions you heard from members of the public who attended the the forums surrounding the superintendent's search? So one of the most interesting questions was actually one that only Gutierrez got. So that was one of the interesting things is the questions changed from night to night depending on the audience and what questions they were able to get to, how much time the candidates spent answering them too. Uh, so one, the question he got was, uh, can you provide an example of a decision in your life that shows your character. Uh, And so it was just fascinating. You know, he took some time to think uh, on it, but he ended up talking about a decision where he had to let a couple longtime employees go who were not serving students and kind of used that to illustrate how much he cares about students and is student-centered. But uh, it was, you know... You hear a lot of typical questions on things like school resource officers, uh, hiring teachers of color, behavior education plan, all very important topics in Madison, but also very focused on a specific item. This was a broader question that was just interesting to hear how he handled it. Um, There were a couple other questions uh, that were interesting about IEPs, uh, which are individualized education plans for students with special needs, not being followed and how the district can guarantee those get followed. Uh, And then another one about breakdown of administrative costs versus money spent in school buildings uh, and why it's important to have that money going towards student kind of direct services. So when will he start? So his contract begins June 1st. He's going to finish out the school year in Seguin, 
and then come up here. So he will uh, be up here for the last couple of weeks of school. Jane Belmore's contract as interim goes until uh, July 1st, uh, so there will be a little crossover for them for a transition period. Uh, I'm guessing there will be plenty of introductory events, things like that, during that month. Uh, I, I think Gloria said that they're hoping to get him up here once before that to do a couple introductory events as well, but certainly a lot of that early process will be getting to know the community. One thing he said he really wants to do is not come in and make drastic change. And I'm not one that's going to come in and shake things up and make changes. That's not how I operate. He wants to get to know the district and learn where changes can be made. There's been a lot going on in the Madison schools this year. Um, and a lot upcoming, right? There's an upcoming referendum. There's also been um, student walkouts. There's been questions and a lot of concern over policies and practices around the use of racial slurs in school. What kind of situation is the new superintendent walking into? A challenging one. I, I think it's easy to say that there's a lot of challenges for this district right now. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned a couple of them. There's also a lots of issues with student voice and how students are being heard or not being heard. And then, of course, there's behavior issues uh, and the behavior education plan and uh, teachers and students and parents concerned with how that's been implemented. Uh, that was a question that all of the candidates received. So he's walking into a situation with a lot of challenges on his kind of uh, on his plate, on the front burner. But one of the things he talked about well here was wanting to limit what teachers are focused on implementing in their classrooms. So he talked about how there's a ton of initiatives like restorative justice, positive behavioral interventions and supports. Those are just behavior examples, but then you get into uh, new curricula, uh, different student-focused, uh, you know, one-to-one -one work with students and laptops. Students all have, mostly have Chromebooks. All of those initiatives that teachers are trying to manage and work into their processes that they've built up over their career, it's a lot. And he said he wants to limit those things so that teachers can do the things they're doing well rather than do a lot of things. The initiatives affect teachers the most. Now, we can design all these great plans and bring in all of these great programs and initiatives, but whose plate is that going to go on? It's going to go on the plate of teachers. And right now, I believe that teachers can't carry their plates. It will be interesting to see how he prioritizes among those challenges, because there are a lot of them. So what should we be watching for in the coming months as this person settles into the new job? What will you be watching for? Yeah, I think the next few months are going to be very interesting. Uh, one of the things uh, Abby mentioned in her question before about policy and practice on racial slurs uh, is something that has been discussed a plenty this school year, and the school board just recently had a retreat where they talked about a new potential practice uh, for that. How an interim handles a topic like that that is very controversial has uh, probably requires broad conversations to be had. Uh, you know, as an interim, that can be a challenge to implement things where you want to let the new person who's coming into this role kind of define the trajectory of some of these bigger picture issues. So the next few months, I'll be very interested in watching how the board and administration handle uh, questions that come up about things like that, these broader practices and policies. How much uh, do they put into 
addressing them immediately versus kind of trying to get to the point where the new uh, superintendent in Dr. Gutierrez can come in and define how that will look going forward. So I'll be watching for how those conversations go. I, I think there are a lot of competing interests in this district. Uh, you know, you could see that in the questions at the forum with behavior education plan, uh, students with special needs, budgeting, uh, hiring teachers of color. And so I'll just be interested in watching how uh, he starts to balance all of those competing needs and what he does to get to know this district, something he talked about was especially important for a new superintendent. Uh, He talked a lot during his forum about the importance of talking to students and hearing from students uh, and how really that centers him. And so I'll be very interested to see in his first month here uh, how often he's visiting the schools and what his uh, efforts to get to know the school buildings are like. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We're glad you tuned in. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe to The Mad Splainers on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. And while you're there, check out some of the other podcasts from The Cap Times. Those include The Corner Table, which is the podcast for food and dining, and Wedge Issues, which covers state political issues. Also, shoot me an email if you would like to suggest a topic for us to break down on a future episode of Mad Splainers. My email address is nyahr at madison.com. And I'll be back on Wednesday with an interview with our higher education reporter, Yvonne Kim. See you then. Should I say bye? Yeah. Catch you next time. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.